Welcome to Sideline Judgment. My name is Sergio. My name is Tyler. And today, Tyler, we have to talk about a jam-packed week six of the college football season. We got top 25 matchups. We got conference-deciding matchups. Tyler, we have only one postponement, which is a progress, I believe. Big deal. And it's progress. Tyler, we got some action to talk about. I, I suppose so. We, 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 got, we got that midweek action to talk about. Oh, we definitely do. Tyler, before we talk about Maction, I do want to start us off with quick hits. Uh, I do want a COVID-related note. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has decided and has allowed stadiums to operate at full capacity. Now, it is un- it is not known if teams and universities will abide by this and will allow it. That is still up to the discretion of universities and the NFL and sports organizations. I do know that at least, though, that the Miami Dolphins have said that they will maintain their 13,000 uh, people limit at Hard Rock Stadium for the foreseeable future. So at least the Dolphins will be will continue with their limits. Who knows if the, your Jaguars will keep their limits? Who knows if the Florida Gators will keep the limits? Any other school in the mm-hmm. state? And most importantly, what, um, what the bank is going to look like for Florida Georgia coming up towards the end of the month beginning of next month i don't even want to think about that like so tyler i think we're both uh we're both in agreement that uh ron DeSantis, what are you doing this is so stupid like this is okay yeah i mean all that's all that this has really done is legally they are allowed to do to operate full capacity now Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean any of them will Mm -hmm. if they have any shredding of shred of sense in them Mm -hmm. they will not I mean, Correct. it's already a reach to have fans at these games when in Very reality so. you don't need in, – in a current age of f- football watching where you watch most games on TV, mm-hmm. at least with me, a person who lives in a city without a football team at the moment, like this – like you don't need fans there. Yeah. Like – and it's already a stretch – when you have these large buildings operating at like a 10 to 20% capacity can work if you abide by those rules. And my dad has attended a Jacksonville Jaguars game and he said that he felt perfectly safe because he kept his mask on the whole time. They made efforts with zip, they zip tied up seats that were being used to keep Mm -hmm. parties away from each other. So smart. Yeah. If it, and like, if you have to have fans, that's what you do allowing 65 plus thousand people to be in a packed place together. That's so stupid. Could you imagine um, ninety thousand people in the swamp right now, Tyler? It's a death we have, sentence. That's we a have death... been to. You're not even exaggerating. I'm like, not exaggerating. It, it definitely it's is. Like it, that is a death sentence for some people. Like we have both been in the student section where we probably shouldn't have crowded as many people into a small section as we should have, but we did anyway because it was college. I can guarantee you that 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 year old are going to be doing that exact same thing. It is not something that we need to be having at least at our university, at any university, at any sporting event, it's not safe. It is not safe. Mm. You can go to games if you personally feel comfortable. I personally don't feel comfortable going to a sporting event right now. But if you feel comfortable and there are precautions in place, by all means, it is your liberty and your choice to go ahead. But if you are opening it up and saying that we're going to sell every seat in this stadium, that's a problem. That's negligent in, my, in our Agreed. opinion. So we just wanted to clarify that because it literally hits close to home and – could have an effect on both our collegiate team and our professional teams as well. So just want to say that. Tyler, happier news. We're getting the MAC back, baby. The yeah. MAC has announced a six-game fall 2020 schedule. Tyler, they will begin on Wednesday, November 4th, most MAC thing of all time, <laughs> on Wednesday, November 4th, and then they will play subsequently the next, th- next two weeks, the next two weeks on Tuesdays and Wednesdays before transitioning to a Saturday schedule for their final three games of the season. Tyler, what are we thinking about this hodgepodge, wild, the crazy le- max schedule? The legitimate only thing I cared about was that it was on Wednesdays and Tuesdays. Yes. I only cared about that. So I, I was a- in and, class and today. The, real quick, this is yeah. a smart thing, though, is that like the last three weeks of the season, which was Saturdays, November 28th, December 5th, and December 12th, there's going to be less games on in the other conferences those Saturdays. So mm-hmm. smart all around. Go ahead. That I was, I was in class today and we we did it. We did a project where we did a, a rundown and I was sitting on the anchor desk and you know there's a lot of downtime and so I was on my phone and 
I get a notification. Mac announced a six-game schedule. And I go, oh my gosh, guys, the Mac announced a schedule. And as I clicked it and it was loading, I said, I hope it's all Tuesday and Wednesday games. And sure enough, <laughs> half the schedule Speaking was Tuesday, Tuesday and Wednesday games, Tyler. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm the same as you. I think from an eyeballs perspective, it's probably the right choice because they give three weeks of midweek games. We get the full action. And then after Thanksgiving, they're not really competing with the other conferences as much. So yeah. all eyes few, are going to be on there. A few here and there, but like enough right. they can get they can get in the schedule. Exactly, um, exactly. So yeah. it's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun. It's um, as a Central Michigan head coach, Jim McElwain would say, it, it, it's it's pretty neat, Tyler. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was hoping going into the segment, because on a rundown, you've got the, the schedule posted. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm glad so far this hasn't happened. Uh, I was hoping you were going to ask me, Oh, what team do you like? What schedule sets oh, up best for them? Because once again, I will reiterate my point, uh, my longstanding point, that all of the MAC teams are the same. Uh, <laughs> the MAC, all MAC teams are literally the same. They're literally with different the same. Colors. All of them are the same. Oh my lord! The MAC championship game will be at Ford Field in Detroit, as it is every year on Friday, December eighteenth. So not only do they get, uh, not only do they get some scheduling helpness, helpfulness with eyes on televisions later on in the season they get that prime time i don't know the most mac thing of all time would be to have a championship game on a friday but play it at noon that would be the most mac thing of all time <laughs> like i was gonna watch the mac title game i was gonna allegedly bet on the game but it's during class so i can't <laughs> <laughs> that would be the most mac thing of all time oh my gosh mac we missed you college football officially feels complete it officially feels complete tyler yeah Absolutely. Speaking of college football games being played, let's jump in to our game of the week, Tyler. Our Florida football game of the week, a top twenty-five matchup. Our Florida Gators, number fourth in the uh, number four in the AP poll, are heading to Kyle Trask Field to play the number yeah, twenty-one. Right. Oh, I didn't stutter. You know, you heard me. You know what it is. The number twenty-one ranked Texas A&M Aggies. It is a noon kickoff. Boo on ESPN, Tyler. Before we go offense, defense, special teams, how do we feel about noon kickoffs on this pod? <sighs> exactly. Um, That's exactly how we feel about noon kickoffs. Okay. <laughs> again, once again, for my personal life schedule, happens to work out for me. Mm-hmm. Second, though, I would rather other times. Like Here, Here's my thing. This is it's three actually weeks eleven o'clock local time. In, exactly in, in Texas is the thing. This is a uh, this is three weeks in a row. We're getting noon. Uh, SEC, come on, let's go. Get Maybe it. this. I have a theory, real quick, just mm-hmm. to like skip ahead a little bit to the defense part, like, and we'll, we'll go back to the offense in just a second. But like, I have a theory that part of the reason the Florida defense has struggled lately is one, they played two straight noon games. Okay. And two, well, one, two straight noon games. Uh, one of which was an 11 o'clock game because it was in uh, Mississippi. Uh, Correct. Two, it was already just no spring, no limited fall camp, mm-hmm. no rust with tackling. And three, even when they're at the swamp, like the atmosphere is just not the same. Yeah. And like defenses feed off that kind of atmosphere. So I think yep. that it's just you got to the intensity is still yet to come. Yeah. And I think the noon all of this to say that I think the noon games are a part of that. Yeah, I think. Uh... I think I'd have to agree with that sentiment. Um, but, yeah, the storyline here is Kyle Pitts heading back home to Texas. Well, no, he, no, Kyle Trask. Kyle sorry. Trask, I'm so sorry. Heading back home to Texas. He grew up an A&M fan. He was taught to, in his words, hate Texas, which, chef's kiss. Way to go, Pitts. Or, it's so go, funny that we didn't even know this fact until this week. Like, like Be, that he, I know. That he grew up hating Texas. Yes, and yet we like you specifically still love him and now you've just got even more reason it's like, just my my heart is open for Kyle Trask it's fantastic um but let's Tyler let's let's talk about the offense let's see what do, what does the offense have to do what what are we looking for because at this point I'm not really looking for anything else I know that Kyle Pitts can score on command I know that Trask is literally looking like an 04 um oh my gosh Oh, four Matt Liner through the first two games. Okay, I was wondering where you were going with that. I just like, blanked. I like had the USC uniform <laughs> in my head, and I was like, "What's his name?" Oh, uh, four Matt Liner is what he's looking like through the first two games. What Kadarius Tony is fantastic. Like, what else do we need to see from the offense, or are we looking? 
or are we just looking to assert our dominance over this defense? I just want to, I just want the offense to hum. I just want to get the points on however you need. And the thing is, is that I've heard a lot, a lot of people that they need to, you know, get the run game going. And I'm like, yes, but I don't think the run game is nearly the problem. It was, the run game was a problem last year. Like It was a sig- like a big problem. This year, I don't think it's a problem because when they decide to run the ball, they're okay at it. Like correct, I think the we line just is also, improved. We Malik also Davis ha- is in there, you know. Yeah, casual. We, we just have to accept that um, Florida under Kyle Trask is a passing team. Like yeah, and that's okay. First team, that's fine. And one of the best things is that you watch Texas A&M play Alabama last week. Granted, different beast, but the biggest thing that Texas A&M's defense had as a difficulty was containing the speed of Bama's wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Which are a different gear than Florida's wide receivers, but Florida's passing game, their wide receiver and tight end core is outstanding, one of the best in the country. And Kyle Trask is operating at a very high level, so I think Florida's. A, I just want Florida to be able to consistently move the ball to just keep up what they're doing. I don't really I agree. care how it happens because I have mm-hmm. enough faith in Dan Mullen and the way this offense has been operating. Right. I sent you a tweet a while ago that was. Um, about is an efficient a graph efficiency ranking that was a uh graphing all the teams that were playing college football based on their efficiency uh basically basically playing on how many successful plays they got and how many successful plays they got ahead of schedule Mm -hmm. florida would be the second best offense in the nation by that metric byu is the only one that was better can you can you quickly explain what ahead of schedule means for our listeners yeah that that means that uh you are their Bill Connolly broke down a certain metric, but it, it's something along the lines of you're not falling behind the chains. You you don't have third and elevens. You have third and threes. Right. You exactly. don't have first and fifteens from false starts. You don't have seconds and twelves. Like mm-hmm. you are moving the ball. It's like you move it five plus five plus yards on first down, four plus yards on second down, three plus yards on on right. third it's down. A, like you're it's converting. like a keeping track. You are yeah. you are progressing as the drive goes along. Yeah. You're not regressing. And that, that like that's the thing that uh we'll talk about Miami in a little bit. That Miami, despite how spectacular they've been, has had an issue with that where like mm-hmm. on first and second down, they kinda screw around and then they're ama- they're amazing at converting third and longs. Uh, De'Ara King is amazing. De'Ara King is amazing at converting third and long. It's right. that, like, Florida's offense, and if you watch it, it makes sense. Like they have been really good this year about staying on schedule. Their plays rarely go for negative yards, mm-hmm. um, and it, it they've been extremely efficient. Yeah, I agree. Trust operating at a high level. He's going to the field that he was named after. He grew up in Texas, and that is true. That is true, ladies and gentlemen. That's a real fact. Like yes, um, so I I think the offense will be fine. I don't think. I just want to see them. I want to see them keep humming. I agree. I agree. And before we move on to the defense, Tyler, what do you remember? The last game the Florida Gators played in the state of Texas. It was yes, uh, in the state of Texas. Mm -hmm. It was against Texas A&M, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Oh wait, uh, no sir, no sir. It was a neutral site game against Michigan in Dallas. Oh, my gosh. You're right. And it was C.J. Henderson and Malik Davis's first game as a Gator. And it is the game where I latched on to Malik Davis. It's the game where McIlwain gave him one rush, and he ended up breaking a tackle for 13 yards. And I was like, who's this guy? Let's see more of this one. And he just never got the ball again. And from that day forward, I have been all in on Malik Davis. So – I just want Malik Davis to have a good day so that, you know, my life just goes comes full circle, you know? The oh, redemption arc. The redemption well, arc. Well, that's nice. Um, yeah, that's nice. Uh, Tyler, the defense. We're going up against okay. your absolute favorite quarterback in the SEC, Kellen Mond. <laughs> you slow down. All right, we are going right. up against a more traditional pro-hybrid style offense that Jimbo Fisher likes to run. What what needs to happen? What do we need to see from the defense in order to get this tough road win on the road um, at, at Texas A&M? Yeah. So the, my, my, Florida's biggest uh, the biggest issue that Florida's going to face, in my opinion, is will their defense be able to hold Texas A&M's offense down enough for their for Florida's offense to score? Right. Because I don't think that Texas A&M's defense is really going to be really capable of consistently holding Florida down. Uh, Florida's defense. We need to see a pass rush. We need to see a pass rush. Desperately. Um, You go back and look at statistics. Statistically, Florida on defense was a lot better 
against South Carolina than I think a lot of people give them credit for. But also you watch that game and situationally there are just things that are not happening. Uh, and you need a lot of this, I think, has to do with Florida's not Kyrie Campbell's not playing. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's still nursing a minor injury, but he might get back this week. If not, I want to see a, I want to see pass rush. Um, Texas A&M has been not that great at running the ball consistently, mm-hmm. um, which I, I heard a stat today that was they're one of the worst teams in the, in the uh, country that is playing right now in stuff rate, which is runs that go for one yard, zero yards, or negative yards, like getting right. stuffed at the line. They're not very good. They can break a couple big runs, but they're not very good otherwise. So I want to. I, I definitely don't want to see the, uh, them gash us in the run game. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I just want to see. I want to see pass rush, and that might be dangerous with Kalamon because he, he can move his legs. Mm-hmm. But I want to see. I want to see the collapsing the pocket. I want to see him down for negative yards. Like that's yeah. just something that Florida has not done a good job of this season so far, and I want to see it. I'd have, I'd have to agree. I, I also want to see, um, I want to see the secondary. I want to see leadership in the secondary. I want to see Brad Stewart. Yeah. I want to see Marco, um, and to a certain extent, Sean Davis, and and you know to a certain extent, I want to see Kyrie Elam. Like he had a good year last year. I want to see leadership in the secondary. I want to be able to be comfortable that if Kellen Mond has to go back and throw the football, that our guys are going to be flying all over all over the yeah. field and are going to be able to, to, to make those tough plays that, that, that F those effort plays we talked about missing yeah, last I week. I want to see the, the intensity. Yeah. I, I want to see DBU back. I do. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like we haven't had that this season so far. There's not a game that I pointed and I said, that's why we're DBU. And I want to see that again, because I know that these players are capable. These are all four. Uh, these are all four and five star recruits. Um, Kair Elam is supposed to be a fantastic cornerback. He is. He had a great game last week, maybe not the week before, but I want to see that. And add on to the leadership of Marco and Stewart and Sean Davis, I want, I want to see it. Donovan Steiner, I want to see that stuff. So yeah, that's where I'm at. Tyler, special teams, not much to say. Not uh, much to say. Don't, we all know don't Evan do anything is, stupid. Don't. Evan's our boy. And last week I told you I did not know the name of our – uh, punter. Our punter. His name is Jeremy Crawshaw. Really? Jeremy Crawshaw. So, shout out to you, nice. buddy. You got your name mentioned Hope on the Hope we pod. don't need you this week. Hope we don't need you that much. Um, yeah. Tyler, are we are we comfortable with a victory? Or are we are we kind of anxious? I'm definitely victory? predicting a Florida victory. I think Florida... <laughs> I, I definitely think... I'd be very comfortable saying this. I'm 100% sure that Florida is a better team than Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. That I have no qualms about. But... And the biggest thing that we have to take into factor, that I talked to my Alabama friend about this, um, I was really hoping, and we, time will tell if this is true, that Alabama beat them so bad last week that it carries mm-hmm. over into this week. That Bama effect we talked about last yeah, week. The Bama effect. It happens all, all the time. Yep. Um, I'm hoping that carries over it a little bit because it's going to be pretty hard to go off trying to defend that Bama offense to then go into a Dan Mullen offense. Like The yeah. only thing that scares me about this game is if Florida's defense – really is like struggling and mm-hmm. Florida has to really keep up like keep up on offense right. which I don't think would happen because Texas A&M has not looked impressive so far mm-hmm. so they, they haven't they I'm haven't definitely predicting shown... a Florida victory yeah I'd agree with you I just I haven't seen from A&M in their first two games so Vandy and Alabama they haven't really shown this like long stretch where they've been able to consistently control the football game Mm-hmm. There was times where they were hanging in with Alabama, Alabama in the first half, but even in the Tennessee, uh, Tennessee, even in the Vanderbilt game, like it wasn't that they had full control. You know, they didn't have their their foot on the they, gas. Per se. They at home beat Vanderbilt by I believe five points. The yeah. next week, Vanderbilt hosted an LSU team that I'm not convinced is better team than Texas A&M, mm-hmm. and that team beat them by 34 points. Yeah. At home. So, at, at, in Nashville. Mm-hmm. So, so, I'm with you. It's the thing. Texas A&M hung in with Alabama for like a quarter, quarter and a half, but then they couldn't keep up. Right. And I want to see, I want to see that be the case with here. The only thing you got to consider, you got to consider it. Jimbo is seven and one against the Florida Gators. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I don't. However, however, let's look at the facts. His coach is going up against. 
were uh, the last year of Urban Meyer, mm-hmm. the 2010 we all, we all We all know was not a fun year. Uh, Will Muschamp and Jim McElwain. And he and, had arguably the best team in Florida State history. Yes, and then the only time Florida won was in uh, the 2012 year, which was Will Muschamp's best year. Yes. Um, so, and wasn't the best year for FSU. It wasn't terrible, but like, mm-hmm. it was it was a it was an okay year. So, I'm excited to see what I'm excited to see what this is. I think Florida will win. I There's think a lot so of that's well. just to say Florida will win, but of the teams that we face, this is one that that I could see giving us a scale. Yeah, and before last thing before we move on, I want. I want Florida to show we are a top five team in this country and we are definitely contenders for an SEC championship. I'm not saying front runners because we all know that's Bama. Let's be real here. Yeah, come on, but let's be real. That we are contenders. We are contenders and we deserve that respect. That's what I want coming out of this game. Whether it's we the A&M is hanging with us for the first half and in the second half we blow it away. Whether it is a blowout from the beginning, whatever. We get the victory. It's tough to win on the road in the SEC, especially at Kyle Kyle. Um, Trask Kyle Field, Field. Kyle, Kyle Trask Field. So it's it's difficult. I get it. Let's prove it. This is these are the games that you need to win if you are taking that next step. Dan Mullen said it when he first got here. It's much easier to go from four wins to ten wins than it is to go from ten to eleven. And I know it's even harder to go from eleven to twelve and competing for championships and being in contention. Let's prove that we are moving in that direction and get to that spot. That's all I'm saying. All right. Alrighty, so that's it for our Gators. Tyler, there is one postponement in college football this week. That is UAB and Rice that has been postponed. We do not have date information on as to when it will be postponed, but that is the only postponement, which is a step in the right direction. Yep. Um, I do also want to mention that the Missouri LSU game, which was supposed to be held in Baton Rouge, will be moved to Missouri. LSU will still be the home team, but it will be moved to Missouri because of the incoming hurricane that that is coming yeah. into the area as a prevent as a preventative measure keep people safe and from natural disasters and stuff and we hope lsu and the whole louisiana area get safe everybody stay and, safe on all that stuff um we at florida had to have a home game move to lsu as we knew in uh, four or five years ago and lsu was after some discussions was willing to do that and i'm, I'm very glad mm-hmm. that missouri was able to do that as well so we hope everyone is safe and that we're glad that that game is still going on and not postponed. So just want to say that. Tyler, you know what time it is. Oh, uh, yeah. It's time for five wide and two point. Just to recap, um, Tyler is up oh, give it to me. 18 give it to, me. to 10. How many? Eight points. 18 to 10. That's okay. Keep talking. I got you. Yikes. I got Eight you. whole points. Jeez. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go Jimmy Butler game three right here. Okay. Oh, okay. Forty point triple double carrying the team on my back. That's what's about to happen, Tyler. Okay. Are you ready? All right. Uh, I'm ready. I'm ready. Uh, All righty. So for this week, do I go first? So for, for five wide this week? Yes, because okay. I go first for two point. You are going to be going first for five wide. Tyler, our first five wide game, the number nineteenth ranked Virginia Tech Hokies are going on the road to take on the number eight ranked. UNC Tar Heels, led by Mac Brown and future Minnesota Vikings quarterback Sam Howell. That is a yeah. new kickoff on ABC. Tyler, who you got? Okay. So, North Carolina is a top 10 team. They have not played like one. By default, um, they're a top 10 team. Uh, yeah, like, I get it. Like, I Trust me, I get it. You got it. Somebody's got to be eight. Like, um, <laughs> like the, the they're 2-0. Somebody's got to be eight. And, I mean, who else are you going to put there? Um, but UNC in their two games at full capacity for, for, of their of their uh, team has won. Um, looked pretty good against Syracuse. Very kind of unimpressive against Boston College. I would argue they looked good in the second half against Syracuse. Yeah. Clearly a better team than Syracuse, but Correct. struggled in the first half. Virginia Tech, meanwhile, which has dealt with multiple players out with co- uh with covid this might be uh, the hardest hit covid team in the country yeah and is still undefeated um and is and pretty pretty emphatically undefeated <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, um, no question they're undefeated <laughs> i know this i i suspect this would go against your brand but i'm gonna take the Hokies. Hmm. i'm gonna take virginia tech um okay with Hendon Hooker and Justin Fuente, I think this team is balling. And like, well, I think UNC will probably is a better team. Mm-hmm. 
I think this is Virginia Tech's got him in a good spot. So normally, Tyler, if we were, you know, one or two points apart, mm-hmm. I would side with you and probably take Virginia Tech. Because you're right, UNC is not playing to their capacity. And Virginia Tech is I don't see, I can't even say Virginia Tech is playing above their head because they've looked pretty dominant in their games that they've played, and we know for a fact that it has been without full like Yeah, we we know it's pretty you can there's like guys, twenty they're, they're players not, that were missing. Like, yeah, they're not missing four players. They're at like sixty five percent like of their roster. Uh-huh. Like this is a team that is really punching above their weight. But we can't even say that because they're playing so well. So I would probably take Virginia Tech in a normal world. But I'm going to double down on my prediction that UNC is going to make the ACC championship game. I believe in Minnesota Vikings quarterback Sam Howell. Yeah, I'm going to take North Carolina. I'm going to take the Tar Heels at home. It's a noon kickoff on ABC. Um, it is easier, while there may not be fans in the stands, it is easier for the home team in these noon kickoffs because you sleep in your own bed, you don't have to travel, all of those things. That's I'm gonna very take, true. I'm going to take North Carolina. Plus, I have to go opposite of you, dude. I, I need to catch up. I need to make some points up. Well, you got to be strategic about it, though, brother. But I am. Like, but you, you have a justification. Down, baby. It is, it is a genuine justification. I can hey, see that happening, dude. This I is think, a 50-50 game. Yeah, yeah. This no, is a I, I agree. I, yeah, I definitely side with Virginia Tech more because they've looked better mm-hmm. with less. Yeah. But I could totally like it would not shock me at all if North Carolina won this game. If they were like, okay, we were playing around mm-hmm. um, and now that we have a team that we actually like need to like lock in to beat, right. they could do it. I mean, Sam Howell has not been good f- throwing deep this year. Correct. So and you're I think you that part of it is you have to do that against Virginia Tech. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see. I, we I am see. excited to like have eyes on this game because it is like really exciting. Like, yeah, we and and we're gonna talk about this next game. Uh, let, let, let's jump into it now so we can wrap up the noon schedule. The next game on this list is Red River. The number twenty-two ranked Texas Longhorns are going up against the first time unranked since like twenty fourteen. Since twenty fourteen <laughs> and first time losing back to back games since nineteen ninety eight. Oklahoma Sooners. Yeah, dude, they haven't lost back to back games since like ninety eight, ninety nine. That you know game what I is... gotta say about this game, Sergio? What? Yawn. I know, right? It's sad. The game is a twelve o'clock kick, <laughs> as per usual. Um, it's on Fox, eleven o'clock local time. It's in Dallas at the Cotton Bowl. Um, this is the third game in a fantastic noon slate that includes the Gator game, Virginia Tech, UNC, and Red River. Now, traditionally, Red River is something that you like and I the game we like, have all eyes on Red River. Not yeah. to, not because like you know the teams and this and that, but the game itself is always, always good, exciting. always good. It is always exciting. So, and I actually think it will be exciting. <laughs> I do as well because I, I just is, um, but I can't get. I just I'm having a hard time like getting into it because usually at this point, both teams have either taken a loss or are undefeated. Correct. But now Oklahoma's taken two losses, and Texas has taken a loss, but has not looked good in their in their wins in any of their games. No, you're no. right. They yeah, took they, a, they, they took a they, bad they Texas Tech team to line. overtime. Well, yeah, they lost on the goal line to TCU, but they also completed a miracle just to beat Texas Tech. Exactly. Who is not a good team? No. So, not. eh. So I have first pick here, and I think just by default, here's the thing: Oklahoma. And looks win. like win. they have a first year a first year quarterback a first year starting quarterback everything else looks pretty Oklahoma-ish like what we've come to find to consider normal under the Lincoln Riley era yeah Texas just looks bad so yeah like he- here's a point that go I, ahead, I want go to ahead. make like no because okay, I ahead. want to jump off this real quick yeah. before you sorry to interrupt here's the thing don't Oklahoma- ever apologize interrupting me Tyler I do it to you all the time this okay. is our pod jump on in baby Oklahoma this year has looked like they're playing like less than they can be. Mm-hmm. Texas, I think, just is what they are. Texas, I'm 100% yeah, with you. Texas so far is just what they've shown us. I feel like Oklahoma has been playing at a step below what I know this team can play as. And I, I'm firmly on the train. This is the Oklahoma rebuilding year if you have to. This is last year for Alabama. Like, every, mm-hmm. you know, Saban went on a run of like nine straight years with no – with no more than one regular season loss. And then they, lo- they lost he just Tua. Had, and, he had yeah. two. And, like, you know, 
So here's, so here's that just happens. Everyone's down to regression at some point. Agree. This agreed. is the Oklahoma rebuilding year, and it, they're probably going to make the Big Twelve champion unless they lose this game. The problem yeah, like, exactly. This is a this is a must win for Oklahoma, not just rivalry wise, but to make the conference championship, they have to win this football game. I'm going to equate, and this is to keep it on our level here. Let's. I look at this Oklahoma team the way I look at Dan Mullen's first year as a as a Gators head coach, mm. where at the beginning of the season it was okay. I see proof of concept. I see that this is going to work in the future. It's just not being executed not right, now. right now. But towards the end of the season, when you looked at our first year with Mullen, all the way to our to, all the way to the end of the year, there was drastic improvement. So much improvement. I feel like we're going to see that with Oklahoma, and I think it has to. I'm not saying it will start, but it has to start if it's going to happen here at Red River because it's the biggest rivalry game that Oklahoma has. And in order to make the, the conference championship game, they need to win this football game. They, they got to be perfect. Because of that, because I think Oklahoma has somewhere to grow, and I just think Texas is who they are, I'm going to go with Oklahoma with this game. I had first pick. I'm going to take the Sooners. I am actually – I'm going to agree with you. Yeah. And I – like as much as I'd love to keep it interesting, uh, mm-hmm. keep going off and on, I, I, I really do believe Oklahoma's going to win this game because yeah. – I just I gotta say that I just think Sam Ellinger is dragging Tom Herman's butt along with this Texas like Sam Ellinger deserves so much more credit than what he's getting, and it's because he is taking a C plus team and turning it into a B minus B team. Yeah. He's drag it's literally with his experience. That's literally all that it's doing. Because as we've said before, he's a decent college quarterback. He's not great, yeah. he's not bad. He is a decent college quarterback, and that's a rarity. You know, having a, yeah. a decent to good quarterback is difficult to find. And the fact that they have him and he's a multiple year starter, he's dragging Tom Herman and the rest of these Longhorns um, up the Red River, if you would allow my pun. I, I, I shall allow it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So that's Red River. Tyler, we have a fantastic 330 game. I'm actually really excited for this I, game. I, like, I really <laughs> am as well. It's the number 14 I'm usually Tennessee. never excited for this game. <laughs> well, usually it's not this usually it's high terrible. profile. Yeah. yeah. I can't remember the last time this game was the 3 or 30 CBS game. It's the it's number 14, the number 14th ranked Tennessee Volunteers taking on the number 3 ranked Georgia Bulldogs in Athens, 3.30 kick on CBS, the um, SEC game of the week. Um, Tyler, what do we – this is your pick. What do you like? What do you got? What are you looking for? What do you think is the key to the game? All that jazz. All right. So the key to the game. Here's the, so here's the thing. You got to give Tennessee one thing. Tennessee's offensive line and running game are really good. Very good. Really very good. good. Jarek Garantano has looked a lot better than he has in previous years. The weird thing. With Can I him, pause you there? Yeah. Jarek Garantano has improved. He I'm has not going to say he looks a lot better than previous years because there is a lot of that indecision yeah rushing like, uh, so, not complete maybe a, a five-step drop he takes four steps and tries to force a ball in that's the kind of stuff you get from him he's looked better he I'm has to go better. out on a limb and say he looks really good the thing with him is that he's he's he is of the quarterback ilk of weird okay just roll with me here he's gotcha. like felipe franks in the sense that like He's got the tools. So when he puts it together, it looks like way the, – the improvement looks way more drastic than it probably is. Okay. Because it's not like with some quarterbacks where they have to work on their arm strength and they have to work on their velocity. And, mm-hmm. like, overcoming those challenges yeah, um, don't show up, fit, like, visually as much, you know? Mm-hmm. Whereas the thing is, like, if rocket arm Felipe Franks learns how to really read a defense and then you actually get to see his rocket arm and he just looks like he's doing way better, but he's actually, yeah. you, you understand what I'm no, saying? No, I get you. There are flashes it, of that talent that phys- we saw yeah, out of physical high ability said, oh, wow. has physical ability has never been Jared Garantano's problem. Mm-hmm. Just like it was with Felipe Franks. It's always been the mental aspect. Yes. Decision-making um, the decision-making specifically with Jared Garantano. And he's, he's looked better. Yeah. Um, which makes you, which I think makes people fall in love with him when because he can make all those throws. Yeah, when not, he sh- when he shows me, I'm not it. There. No, I'm not. I'm not there. I don't think I will get there. No, uh, at a certain point, someone shows you who they are. For me, I'm I'm just concerned that with a top five, we could argue the best defense in the country in Georgia. Um, yeah, I would say that. Is he going to be able to? The teams he's played in the past, 
So he played what South Carolina week one and then week two and then Missouri last week. and Missouri last week. Those are teams that you can afford to make those mental mistakes on because you're going to get more chances. I I think if he makes those mistakes, George is going to make him pay. We saw what they did to Bo Nix last week. We saw what they we saw what they did to Felipe in the second half of the Arkansas game. I don't I'm not so sure that he's going to have many opportunities to redeem himself. Because he's so, good, he's good for one or two of those mistakes a game. I actually, yeah, I I agree. So the the tennis, <coughs> very apologize. Tennessee has one game plan to win this game. Mm-hmm. It is their defense needs to be able to force, like, stop Georgia's running game, mm-hmm. big task, and force Stetson Bennett into third and longs uh, into who? Uh, the law firm of Stetson Bennett. The, um, the Stetson fourth. Bennett, the fourth. Thank you very much. The fourth. Um, they need to force him into those long passing situations, and we need to see if he can make them work. Yeah, we don't we don't know that about Stetson Bennett the fourth yet. Um, Correct. And on the other, the flip side is Tennessee. Their running game is not going to be as good. Their offensive mm-hmm. line will win some battles. It'll lose some. Jared Garantano needs to be able to, on the flip side, pass deep. Yeah, and beat Georgia secondary. Mm-hmm. That's the only way that Tennessee can win this game. It's way more possible than it has been in the last five years. Correct. This is a this is a much more attainable uh, cool. thing. See, see, in years past, there I don't even think there was a game plan for Tennessee to really beat Georgia. There's not like a way. There's a way Tennessee can beat Georgia, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's going to happen. So I'm going to take Georgia in this yeah. situation. Like I think I, Georgia's defense is too good, and I I don't know if Tennessee's defense can hold them down. I agree. This is not this is not uh, a celebration of the Georgia offense by any mean. Um but I think the law offices of Stetson Bennett the fourth last week showed us that okay, he's capable. Yeah. He is capable. He is a game manager at minimum. Yeah. Could show flashes of taking over as um your next tier, which I always forget was before playmakers. it's playmakers playmakers dominators playmakers game managers the rest of them that's what we yeah. what we are i think he can show flashes of being a playmaker um or has shown but we will see he needs to be put in a situation where he has to throw exactly to win the game he right. has even against arkansas like they didn't really have that like mm-hmm. um and he didn't do it against auburn like he he played very well against auburn but that wasn't a game where he had to throw to win right Exactly. He was just in, taking he was he was managing the game. He was doing a great right. job. And because that the law offices of Stetson Bennett the fourth can manage the game because of Georgia's fantastic defense, I, I mean I, I agree with you. There is a way for Tennessee to win this football game. I do not see it happening. I'm also gonna take Georgia. Um they've looked much better than I we than I thought they would going into the season, even with all these questions. It's just a testament to that offensive line and how well they recruit in the trenches. Like, Absolutely. Sam Pittman left his mark on that team yeah. before he left for Arkansas. It's and it clearly shows. And it's funny because I haven't seen much of these air raid concepts. I was watching the law office of Stetson Bennett the Fourth's press conference after the game last week, and he was talking about how um yeah, you know, when when they call these air raid concepts, and I'm like, are we watching the same football game? Like you are running the football. This is Georgia in 2015 with Nick Chubb and Sony Michelle. Like you're running the ball, dude. Like, yeah. I I don't know what they're seeing in that, but I alas, I think Georgia can win this football game. I hope Tennessee makes it more interesting. I do too. I want a good game. I want a good game, especially in this um in this 3:30 slot. I don't want another situation. I don't want another situation where Tennessee goes in thinking they can win, and in five minutes it's not a game anymore. I will say. That is amusing. But oh, it's just, very amusing. But, like, when I hate both the teams, I'd rather just be entertained. I agree. Completely agree with you. All right. Next game up, Tyler. Let's go away from the SEC East. This is the 730 game of the week. Fowler, Herb Street, number 7th ranked Miami Hurricanes, heading to Death Valley. Take on the number 1 ranked Clemson Tigers, 730 is on ABC. Is this our first top 10 matchup of the year? No. Last week, uh, Georgia and Yeah, Auburn Georgia Auburn. Yeah, it was I'm number four versus idiot. number seven last week. So, but this is the one that has a significant, in my opinion, effect on the conference championship. Oh, yeah. Like, who's going to get it? These are potentially the two best teams in the conference. We could be seeing this game again for the title. Um, so, 
the question here, and I have first pick, so I'll just go into it. The question here is, can Miami's De'Eric King-focused offense make enough plays to keep up with the machine that is Trevor Lawrence and the Clemson offense? Can they keep up with that offense? And on the on the opposite side, there are some playmakers on that defense side of the ball for Miami. Can oh, they can can they contain them enough? Can they contain them enough in order to have De'Ara King do De'Ara King things? That's the real question of this football game right here. In my opinion, I think this is I think this is a closer game than expected. I said it. I think it was the third, second or third pre week of the year. I think this Miami team is legit in terms of they are good enough to make the conference title game and they are probably going to win their bowl game in a traditional year where they play 12 games in a bowl game. I see this as like a nine to 10 win Miami team in this COVID year. I can see them winning eight, yeah, eight games. And that's fantastic. If in, in a 10 game schedule yeah. plus a bowl game, in that's fantastic, year? especially where they were the past few years. That's mm-hmm. a good step in, in the right direction for Manny for Miami Diaz in the Miami Hurricanes. So I'm gonna take Clemson. They are head and shoulders to me the best team in the country. They they are an NFL team. Yeah. They are literally an NFL team in terms of comparison comparisons to the rest of the conference. Uh, I'm gonna take Clemson, but expect this to be a game. I do not know what the line is, but if Miami's getting if Miami's getting anywhere between seven to ten points, I think this it's may more, be. I think, the, I think the line is at like thirteen. I uh, allegedly might look at that because yeah. I think this is going to be a closer game than expected. If Virginia can hang around with Clemson, I can guarantee you Miami's going to hang. I'll tell you I that much. That, I think this is going to look a lot like the Lamar Jackson coming into Death Valley to face Deshaun Watson game. Oh, my. Okay, pause. That is a classic game, A Tyler. classic match. You are, you are comparing. I want I want you to know what you're saying here, Tyler. You are putting this game in, on a pedestal to say that it could potentially be at the level of one of our favorite college football, arguably the best college football yeah, game of the decade. I mean, okay. And one of yes. our all-time favorite college. We've, we've rewatched this game multiple times. When it's on, I text you. Oh, when it's so on, good. you text me. We Such love that football game. game. You're, gonna, you're prepared to say this has that potential? What I meant when I said that was that the way that this could play out was the same. Um, but yes, okay. yes. Okay, when I say that, it's like you have a Miami offense that's fast tempo, up, upbeat, fast, yeah, up tempo, fast paced. Sorry, there we go. I can't get words. <laughs> words. Um, compound words. Um, that wants to score, 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 go, 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 and is, is centered around their particular one player. Um, just like Lamar Jackson's offense, which wasn't as like up tempo, but was very much like okay, Lamar's gonna do it all, mm-hmm. um, and that's in the design, and it's the same way it's in the design for Miami. Um, whereas you have Clemson, who is way more content to have like play whatever style. Clemson can play whatever style they need to. They're that yeah. good. Like it's they scary. Can, they could play up tempo. Like or that what we'll more likely do is uh. You know, they have a running back named Travis Etienne Jr. Oh, I didn't know that, Tyler. I wasn't aware. And they'll probably just lean on that. Yeah. Um, but you know what, Tyler? If if Miami decides to just put eight in the box and try to stop him, you know you know who they have at quarterback? It's the this, number one overall pick. It's, yeah, it's it's this guy that like five or six NFL teams are actively tanking to get, you know. Yeah. Um, Trevor Lawrence, that guy. Ever heard of him? I, I, I've heard of him. My team has certainly heard of him. Um, <laughs> my fan base has certainly heard of him. My professional fan base. Anyway, I think it could be one of those things where, like, Derek King's making plays, and they are, and they may, may do enough to force Clemson to, to play outside their game plan. Mm-hmm. But I think Clemson's too good, and they're at home, and it's night. And here's another stat for you. Last thing I'll say, uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence has never lost an ACC game. Trevor Lawrence has never lost an ACC game. Hasn't Trevor Lawrence only lost one game? He's lost one game in, in his in entire college, career. And he lost one game in high school? Oh, yeah, he lost one game in high school, yeah. So he's lost He's lost only two football games since he was in the ninth grade. Yeah, uh, he – and the only game that he lost was last year's LSU game against statistically the, the greatest offense to ever take the field. And they were competitive in that game. Yeah, and that and was also one of game. his worst games. <laughs> um i don't know man that's and insane 
and additionally, he's looked awesome this year. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, yes, I think I would love for Miami to make this game, and I think that they will. But I think Clemson's going to win. Yeah, I agree. But I, I, I do hope that it is close going into the fourth. Oh yeah. I'm hoping that I'm sitting down on Saturday. I'm going to be with Alexa in Boston this weekend. I'm hoping that ten o'clock rolls around, and Alexa gets a little tired. She's like, "Can we go to bed?" And I'll be like, "Sure, sure, sure." And I'm laying there and I'm watching this fourth quarter in bed. I'm hoping that this is the case, dude. I'm hoping that that's the case. That I'm getting some competitive football late at night. It's gonna be great. All right. We both have Clemson. Tyler, the last game on five wide. Mississippi State is heading to your favorite field in the SEC, Kroger Field, the grocery store. The grocery store. Taking a trip to the store, and taking on the Kentucky Wildcats. Tyler, seven thirty kick on SEC Network. Who you got? This is tough. This is to extraordinarily me. tough. This is a tough because Mississippi State is the most hot and cold team in the country right now. It's, it's so just Mike statistically, Leach. Statistically, they have to be. It is just um, radiating Mike Leach. And then Kentucky is an 0 2 team that it does not deserve world, to be 0 2. Yeah. In a world that is not too far off from the one we live in, is 2 0 right now. It's like a super um, thin line. <laughs> the one thing that worries me about Kentucky is mm-hmm. their past defense has not been that great. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is like the worst team to have that problem against. Yeah. However, they faced Auburn where Bo Nix, even after the Georgia game, he's looked better. Yes. Um, and defense wasn't really the reason that they lost that game. It was just a bunch of flukes. Um, they did have trouble covering Matt Corral and Ole Miss, but I don't think, I think Lane Kiffin's offense is going to score on literally everyone. I, I um, think, I think Lane Kiffin's offense is going to drop 40 points on Alabama. I really do think so. Well, that is a take. That we I think so. Oh, oh, okay. I, I do, right. but I think Alabama's going mean, to drop 60. But like, like, That's what I'm saying. I think it's going to be a 20-point game, but I think Kiffin is going to drop 40. Yeah. Um, I think at – I usually don't do this. I tr- I've been trying to teach myself not to think this way when I'm making picks anymore. Okay. Because sometimes I think we have a habit of making picks based off what we really want to happen. Like mm-hmm. – about wish it's wishful picking it's wishful okay. game picking speak it into existence yeah it's just like kentucky can't go zero and three like kentucky can't like mm-hmm. they're too good they gotta get one and maybe and that's a little wishful picking to me that'd be like that'll take that would probably take me out of the actual analysis i'm like okay well their weakness on defense is going up against this team's strength mm-hmm. um and i would if i was if i was ignoring that i would pick mississippi state but uh, damn it, no, I'm picking Kentucky uh, because <laughs> Kentucky is getting a win. Uh, and Joey Gatewood just got eligible, and Taylor Wilson hasn't been playing that bad. They ran, they had 300 yard rushers against Ole Miss. And the best way to beat a Mike Leach offense is to one, play zone, um, and two, <laughs> two, just never De- let them take the field. Please play zone. <laughs> yeah, two is never let them take the field. Agreed. Um, okay, so here's my thinking. I wanted to take Kentucky, and then you took Kentucky. I knew it. (laughs) And I need to catch up on some points. So here's my thinking. Am I afraid that Kentucky is just going to play zone, hold the football for 42 minutes of the game, not allow Mike Leach and KJ Costello and Kylan Hill to take the field? Yes. Am I also afraid that Arkansas held Mississippi State to seven points last week? Absolutely, I'm afraid of that. Am I going to let you, am I going to just allow one of our five wide games to be different? Absolutely not. Mike Leach, throw me, a, throw me an oar. I'm hopping on the pirate ship. We're going in there. We're getting Kentucky to go 0-3. We are raiding the grocery store. We're taking Ooh, what we want. There it is. We're taking yes, what sir. we want. We're scoring at will. KJ Costello is going to top his performance in the <laughs> LSU game. I know. Seven hundred sto- yards. Easy. Easy. Easy money. Easy money. Like taking candy from a grocery store with no cash register. Like buying like like buying the jumbo pack of Skittles, but only charging yourself for a pack of gum at the self checkout. Just ransoming it. Just taking what you want. Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. You preach. Just hey, taking what you want. Real football analysis. Mississippi State's defense is not that bad. Like, it's not. Um, it's not. It's not that bad. So you, you that got bad. that going for you. So I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take State. Let's let's have some fun with it, Tyler. Let's have some fun with it. I like it. I, I, 
Because I, I could just game. as easily flipped over to Mississippi State and be like, they pass really well, and Kentucky's not good against the pass. What what other information do you need? Like <laughs> this is this is the college football game that we want to see every week. Yeah. Yes, there is a logical case for Kentucky, but there's also a logical case for Mississippi State. There's also an illogical case for Kentucky, and there's an illogical case for Mississippi State. So we're gonna roll the dice. I want this game to make me change the channel away from Miami Clemson because it is 35 to 33 or 35 to to 35 with eight minutes left in the fourth. And we are both sweating it out. That's what I want to see. Yes, sir. That's what I want to see. So that's five wide. Let's go into two point before we do a little recap, Tyler. I have the first two point conversion selection of the week. This uh, is interesting. I need to be strategic with what I pick here because this is my opportunity, Tyler. I was looking at, Kansas State TCU four o'clock Ooh, kick on that's Fox, a good one. which looks like a fantastic game. Not gonna go that way. I was looking at Pitt. Not gonna go that way. I was looking at Pitt Boston College four o'clock on the ACC network, but I don't know which Pitt is gonna show up. And I feel like as much as I love the chaos that is Pittsburgh football, I need to be sure of something. You need something a little bit more stable right I now. I need in your something life. stable right now in my life, Tyler. I need to pick a team that has rarely let me down in the years that I've been watching college football. I need a team that when I walk into the house is going to give me a home-cooked meal, is going to tell me they love me, and is going to support me through thick and thin. Tyler, I'm taking the OG, hometown, former season ticket having FAU Owls heading into southern Mississippi to 4 o'clock kick I don't even think I can watch the football game. There is no provider listed on it ESPN. It literally isn't listed. There is no provider. I will find a way to watch this football game. I will find a way to listen to it. Get some, go, baby. get some game cast. I will do it, Tyler. And I'm going to have my Owls, my home, my hometown team, the team I supported before Florida. They will not let me down. Let's go, Owls. I need Tyler, when, when I needed help the most, when I hit my rock bottom, who was there for me? It's FAU, Tyler. It's FAU. It's, it's always FAU. FAU. I'm coming uh, home. I'm coming <laughs> home. Who do you have for your two-point, Tyler? Okay. That's tough. You left me with so many options. I was really – I was counting on you to take one of these off the board nope. so I could have to think about it. Like, nope. Crap. I, need, I need security this week, Tyler. All right. Well, I'm going to – I'm I'm not going to go I, – I, what's the point in having a lead if you can't, you know, run a couple trick plays and completely oh. – you know, um, okay, Mr. Fake. Punt. I'm gonna take some toss ups. I'm gonna ta- I'm gonna, I'm gonna start taking some toss ups while I have leads. Have at it, my guy. Have at it. I wanna I wanna I wanna gamble. Like, Pick Ole Miss. <laughs> Pick Ole Miss. You won't. You won't do it. Pick Ole Miss. Yeah, I certainly will not do that. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna drop forty this week against Bama. <laughs> well, FSU at Notre Dame. No, I'm kidding. No, um, Tyler, I would not allow you to do that. That's, <laughs> I love you too much to allow you to use your two point on that. Sergey, you, you come up to me and be like, "Yeah, okay, like I want to win, but I want to win like I want to have. I, I need have you fun. at your full capacity. I, yes. <laughs> I want to play you at your best. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna rewind the clock a little bit. We've been talking a lot about Saturday. We're gonna rewind to a Friday. Ooh, and ooh, we're gonna look at ooh. the uh, Louisville at Georgia Tech game. So I can jump. So Friday night, I can jump into my Saturday college football watching already knowing that you haven't gotten your two point. I love this. Okay, well, wow. I love this. Who are you? I don't but, know who you're picking. Who are you picking? Yeah, Louisville is going to Georgia Tech. Mm-hmm. And I'm having a really hard time with this one. Sergio. Are you going to go with the coach that you and I both think is the next, the next one of one of the top three candidates to become like the next Nick Saban in time <laughs> in Scott Satterfield? We believe oh, okay. this. We talked about this. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. I thought you were talking about Jeff Collins for a second. I was no, like, whoa, no. slow down, buddy. Or <laughs> are you going to go with our Waffle House University bees? Hmm, this is tough because Georgia Tech has shown a lot of promise. Yes, they have improved still very week to week. Cle- it is still very clear that they are still behind. You know, like, well, they they're con- they came from like a year negative one last year. Like, okay, yeah, agree. So they're still like they made tremendous progress, but they started so far behind most teams that are rebuilding. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna take Louisville going to Georgia Tech because I think that while Georgia Tech's talent on defense isn't there yet, their scheme is there. Mm-hmm. But Louisville is a very well-coached offense, mm-hmm. and I think that Louisville's defense 
this is a better test than you know Pitt or several of the other the teams that they face like Miami. Yeah. Um. So I think that Louisville will be able to win. So I'm gonna take Louisville over Georgia Tech. You know, you know what I'll be taking. You know what I'll regret, be taking. I immediately regret doing this. All right. You know what ahead. I'll be taking in this game. What? Allegedly. The over. The over. <laughs> yeah, I knew it. Absolutely, these defenses points, are baby. bad. <laughs> these defenses, they are. They're not good. They're not but good. That is okay. Time. That is okay. <laughs> That's right. what I, I'm. I'm looking for that. I'm. I, I'm like Mikael Cunningham. Come on, help me out, buddy. All right. So just to recap, the score is 18 to 10. Our five wides for this week, Virginia Tech taking on North Carolina. It's a noon kickoff on ABC. Tyler has Virginia Tech. I have North Carolina. Red River, Texas taking on Oklahoma. We both have Oklahoma. That game is at noon on Fox, on Big Fox. Number 14th ranked Tennessee Volunteers. It's still weird to say. Taking on Georgia. We both have Georgia. That's the 330. SEC kickoff. We have the number seventh ranked Miami Hurricanes heading into Death Valley. Take on Clemson. We both have Clemson. 730 Herb Street and Fowler ABC kickoff. And we have Madness at the grocery store. Mississippi State taking on Kentucky. 730 kick on SEC Network. Our two-point conversion. Sergio, myself, coming home, getting a home-cooked meal. FAU over Southern Miss. Tyler choosing Scott Satterfield over our Waffle House University Bees, Georgia Tech. Tyler, I can at a max one, two, four points. I can gain four points on you maximum this week. I feel like that is in reach. I feel like I can get. You at could least also go down by twelve. No, 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 no. We're not putting that negativity in my life. So I hope that I can get at least two of those potential four, and we're not talking about the risk that I have, Tyler. Next week we're on Monday. We will be releasing. Monday, we will be releasing our week six review episode where we will talk about these games, go through some rapid reactions, talk about the Gators, see if we're able to go into Kyle Trask Field and prove ourselves as a contender for the conference. And we will see how much I have cut the deficits for our uh, annual year long picks competition. Tyler, is there anything else that you want to say before we sign off? We're going to do tweets we shared. Oh my gosh! I didn't put tweets we've shared. Oh my gosh! Of course we're it's all in the rundown. I just you didn't. I didn't even. I just it. looked over it. I'm so sorry, Tyler. Why don't you go first? Tell me your favorite tweet that I shared Absolutely. with you. Absolutely. Favorite tweet you sent me was from a one Nicole Auerbach. She said, "You know how everyone is bowl eligible this year? How about a Kansas <laughs> FSU matchup?" She's speaking to me, Nicole. Nicole, she is speaking to me. I mean, as much as I want this, we all know that FSU would win this game. Um. We know that. Just, oh, FSU would win this FSU game. FSU yes. would win this game. Yeah, yeah. Would I watch it? Every play. Every play. <laughs> Every single play. <laughs> Every single play. Like, I mean, um, come on. Like, I want it. I think we should watch it together with some alcoholic no, beverages. Yeah, no, we that would be a fun one. That. I would. Oof. Your my favorite tweet that you sent me from this past week. It comes from Demetrius Harvey. Uh, it says Gators wide receiver Trent Whitmore, which he's more of a tight end, right? He's like a secondary no, tight end, I, or is he a wide he's, receiver? I, he's a wide receiver. I don't know. Right. Kyle Kyle Pitts is six foot six foot six, two he tiny, got, runs in the slot. So whatever. He, he's very. He's just got long arms. Got long arms. He's, he, he's 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 a wide receiver. All right. He says that a couple Gators wide receiver Trent Whitmore says that a couple of his teammates call him quote white chocolate, and I just want to point out that this would not make him the first white chocolate in Gators history. I want to emphasize Jason Williams is a Florida <laughs> alum. Did play basketball for the Gators. He is the OG white chocolate. Yes, so sir. to be put on that pedestal with a Gator great is a fantastic sign. He had a phenomenal catch um, in the game against South Carolina this past week. Uh, he had a touchdown. He's looking good. He's looking like a nice, fun weapon that has emerged. Um, he's looking great. Um, Xavier Henderson, who's a true freshman, is looking good. Like, I love here. how this was the big thing for me in Florida this year is the fact that, like, we knew we had in Trevon Grimes, Jacob Pope, Copeland, Cal Pitts, and yes. Kadarius Tony. Well, yes. we thought we we were okay with what we had, and then yeah. we got better. Um, yeah. But it's all the young guys are starting to really produce as well, and that is yeah. really encouraging. So. You know what's wild? We drafted what is it? Four wide receivers to the NFL. Yes, four, and our four. wide receiver room didn't skip a beat. Not a beat. Has not skipped a beat. That is what we call the Gator standard. I love having a good coach. Oh, I adore it. It's the best. I sleep remember, like a baby. Do you remember when we didn't? I do. I do remember. 
I remember uh, fondly. I cannot wait to tell my kids. I am old enough to remember a time when Gator football was not what it is today. <laughs> no. Oh, boy. Um. All right, Tyler. Now that is everything we have for this episode. Anything else you want to say before we sign off? No, I'm just I'm looking forward to getting a 12-point lead over you this week. All right. There's just no need for negativity. Uh, It's not happening. Man, we're I'm gonna jinxing go on. myself, man. I'm this trying to make it competitive. Been, this has been another episode of Sideline Judgment. My name is Sergio. My name is Tyler. And we are not biased, but go Gators. Go Gators.